two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Most impressive. A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is September 10th, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and you guessed it by the title, folks. Book review episode. So this week we are discussing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, let me phrase that. In, in classics, uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge fashion, everything has like 15 colons. This week we're discussing Star Wars colon, Galaxy's Edge colon, Black Spire colon, The Book colon, Smuggler's Run colon, The Ride colon, TM, Walt Disney Company. I went into this book being very cynical, as I do with most things in life, being like, oh, this is going to be infomercial, The Book. Uh, it was just kind of like the idea that not that I wasn't looking forward to reading it, but it was like, okay, how much is really kind of like important in this book? Is it worth delving into? Well, most of the questions I kind of go into asking, like when I start a new Star Wars book, and I was kind of expecting a lot of just being hit over the head with like, oh, look at all the things you can do at Galaxy's Edge while you're while you're reading this book. Again, basically a a book form of an infomercial, and even though. Black Spire has a lot of that in it because when they get to like anything that involves food or drink, they they name drop every single thing available, I would imagine, at Galaxy's Edge and from what I've been able to read about it. And that stuff, I have to say, is pretty few and far in between, but when it does appear, it really does hit you over the head. But to the main like uh, point of the story and everything, uh, the book takes place between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Basically, the first actual the first couple of chapters take place before the force awakens. And I think we get maybe like half a paragraph or something that takes place like during the force awakens. And for the most part, everything is post last Jedi because this is supposed to be, if people are familiar or if you're familiar with the backstory to galaxy's edge and the Disney parks, it takes place between last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. And that it's supposed to be like a resistance outpost where they're recruiting new people for the resistance after the, uh, catastrophe. That was the events of the last Jedi in the star Wars universe. The protagonist of the book is someone named Vi Marathi. And if you remember, I, I kind of mentioned her a couple of times back in the episode where I really kind of hummed an odd about, galaxy's edge and why it doesn't make sense and she was the protagonist of the book phasma and in phasma her story was kind of more the i don't want to say the b plot but it was kind of the oh god the framework as to how the the phasma backstory kind of like all fit together and why it was being told but two characters from the phasma book are brought over into this book black spire those characters being v marathi and Cardinal, now known as Archex, now that he's defected from the First Order. And the whole plot of the book, essentially, is that V and Archex get sent to Bot 2 to set up an outpost for the Resistance. Basically, everything that can go wrong does go wrong, and they have to build a base from the ground up. And 
if you look at the book at that lens, it's pretty good. Like I was, I was thoroughly entertained while reading this thing for the first third. I'd say I was kind of not struggling to get through it, but it was kind of your, your same old star Wars tale where you have your hero who's down their luck and all, all the odds are against them. They have to work their way up kind of like one day at a time. And even though that book is really guilty of this, I have to say it was fun seeing our main character V Kind of like I don't want to say dig, her, dig herself out of this predicament, but the idea that our, uh, it's really hard. I'm having a hard time talking about this book without really like going into like Galaxy's Edge, the theme park, because I've been, I've been following the Galaxy's Edge theme park stuff, but again, I have no interest to go there. Still, this book doesn't convince me to drop like ten thousand dollars on a Disney World or Disneyland vacation. Uh, it definitely helps. I, I am definitely more excited. To see Galaxy's Edge one day Than I was prior to reading this book And I think the biggest selling point And again this is going to be maybe less Maybe this whole episode will be less about the book And maybe more about the the park itself Or the, the land within the park Because this book is essentially Trying to convince you Because it doesn't really add anything to the overall Star Wars mythos. There's no grand reveals like, oh man, like I can't believe this is what Ray's doing during, during this time period, or Poe or Finn or Leia. And their their names are sprinkled into this here and now, but more just kind of like mentioned only or referenced. A couple of times, like it's referenced um that throughout the entire galaxy, everybody knows that Ray killed Snoke. I don't know how. I don't know why that'd be a thing that Ray would have gone around telling people, even though that she didn't really kill Snoke uh, it's, it's a one weird one line in this whole book Where I'm like that didn't happen And why like, again Small nitpick but it's just it's something odd uh, But no This book doesn't really give you any sort of grand insights Into Star Wars universe It's more of an introduction I'd say To the Galaxy's Edge theme park stuff And it works really well in that sense Because you do get a great look of like all kind of like I don't want to say the backstory but like all the different elements of Galaxy's Edge, where whether it's Ogabaras or Ogagaras, I forget her specific name. I've called her Ogabuga in the past. And it's funny, this this book actually did a really good job of selling me that she's a more interesting character, or at least they're making her a more interesting character than were from his cantina on Mos Eisley. And again, I'll circle back to the, the theme park stuff in a moment. But then you also get a little bit more backstory into Savi's like scrapyard, which is where you go build the lightsabers in Galaxy's Edge. And then you have Doc Onkar's Antiquities. Basically, a lot of stuff I complained about a couple of uh, months ago in my episode, but I think it was called uh, Everything Wrong with Galaxy's Edge or The Problem with Galaxy's Edge. A lot of the complaints I have back in that episode are in a weird way kind of answered in this book. Indirectly of course But it definitely gives you more of a backstory To those characters which enhances your kind of Appreciation to all the effort That went into Galaxy's Edge the theme park Because even like there's so many small details That I know are in the theme park Like they mentioned the, the baby Sarlacc Oh god like the pet I don't want to call it the petting zoo The stables where you have all the different like creatures That have been brought there And uh, Ogagara and her cantina And the rules to how you have to behave And how you don't mess with Oga That sort of stuff is really cool And kind of the main thing I kept thinking about While reading this book Was wouldn't it be great If this book And the events of this book Were instead of being in text a TV show that maybe instead of resistance where we get a bunch of characters that are just like goofy and are just kind of there to sell toys to children or to, well, there wasn't enough toys for resistance to even try to sell to them, but to kind of like get kids hooked on star Wars in a very disingenuous way. This should have been resistance 
because the characters are much more interesting. It does have that kind of the same, I don't want to say trope because trope is an overused word, but it does have that same like plot structure as like Rebels did in many other Star Wars projects where it's a ragtag team of a bunch of misfits coming together to fight the bad guys. And maybe that's what they were afraid of with this book in that. Or I mean in the sense of like maybe making it a TV show Was that it did It would have had a lot of similar Flavors and vibes to Rebels But I definitely would I think this could have definitely helped Resistance's case as in the sense of a show Instead of making it about just a bunch of colorful characters On a barge in the middle of the ocean Making it like this But at the same time I can't help but feel That maybe some people would have felt it even more Of an infomercial Like having a TV show Where all the locales of Galaxy's Edge are animated. But as I was reading this, though, I really wanted this to be kind of like this. I think if they released this book maybe a year or two years ago, or even, like I said, maybe made it like a one-off, like half an hour, maybe hour-long special on like Disney Channel or ABC or even YouTube. Eh, maybe not YouTube because it would have been really cheap then. But I think this would have been a great way to introduce people or at least Star Wars fans to the world of Galaxy's Edge. I guess Disney's rationale was like Galaxy's Edge is going to print money, so why spend money like like laying groundwork for it to the fans? But it's to someone like me, and through a lot of people from what I'm hearing, where it's like when you hear Galaxy's Edge does not feature any sort of original trilogy or God any oh God preconceived idea of what Star Wars is. I do think you need to put a little bit more of like a foundation there to get people who are a little less engaged or. Who are more disengaged to sit there People who are more uninitiated In on what Galaxy's Edge is about Why it's so special Because again as I was reading this I really kind of appreciate Like whether it be like we get backstories To the Ithorian Doc Encore And his antiquity shop That was a lot of fun I know he's an animatronic in the actual gift shop Retail location uh, Ogabara or Ogagara Whatever her name is she, She's a really fun character She's a really fun character And I know just recently And I guess I should say that I don't know when I'm releasing This episode so when I say things like in the last Few weeks that could have been like like Two months ago I really don't know when this Episode's gonna like fit into the schedule Because we have a lot of stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks uh, Back to Ogagara I think like She has the potential to be the new Jabba She definitely has a personality And she has that kind of this attitude Because early on in the book uh, We keep hearing about her Much like we did with the Galaxy's Edge theme park news Like Ogagara, you don't want to mess with her She's the kind of person that's no nonsense And nobody messes with Oga in her town And it's like, oh god, not just this generic Bad guy like gangster spiel But how we're introduced to her in this book Is that she's in Black Spire Outpost And she's arguing with her like Wookiee lover that cheated on her With a Twi'lek And she's like Screaming at him from like oh god imagine like Oh god like a streetcar named desire But instead of Marlon Brando Yelling Stella It's just like I think she's A Blutopian which isn't really like A super duper popular Star Wars alien Type and she's like yelling In like uh, the hut language At this Wookiee for cheating on her And she's like fine I don't need you anyway Then she takes out and shoots the Wookiee And he like falls over like the railing And like it's like bleeding out In the middle of the street and at one point our protagonist Vies like V's like oh so there's a There's like a bleeding out Wookiee over there and nobody's doing anything About it and it's like oh that's great like that's so much like it's like a wild wild west Star Wars town. Like that's that's the sort of thing that like again Galaxy's Edge should be sold 
should have been sold as the idea of like, oh, it's Wild Wild West Star Wars, not just like, oh, ride the Millennium Falcon ride. It's the most realistic, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, again, I, I, again, Galaxy's Edge is its own can of worms. And we'll get into that, I would imagine, either by now or we'll get into it in a couple of weeks. But it's just like, it didn't give the mythology built around Galaxy's Edge any credit. Uh, the marketing did not do it any favors. Because uh, even like they talk about in a part in this book, when uh, V is going to get something for Ogagara, she's sent into the kind of like caves of Bot 2 Black Spire Outpost. And at that point in the book, it becomes very Indiana Jones-esque where V is like navigating these corridors. She has to like set off all these booby traps to stop like from dying. And at one point, she's confronted by the First Order that's already in there. Very Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade-esque. And it's really nifty because we don't get stuff like that in Star Wars anymore. Most of what Star Wars is now is like tiptoeing around, like planting a bomb, then running out while the bad guys are distracted. Which unfortunately is what happens at the end of this book, but no, like the the part for sneaking around the caves is great. And then, like a little bit of research I did in preparation for recording this, I found out that the caves that she's in and where she builds her entire resistance fort or base in the book is where the rise of the resistance ride will be in both Disneyland and in Orlando. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. And apparently, there's like I, I don't know, again, it hasn't opened by the time I'm recording this though. But apparently, there's all these kind of like passageways where you see altars and all sorts of like artifacts from like the ancient species that used to live on Batu and Black Spire Outpost. I'm like, oh, that's great. I hope that the theme park ride, like trans, like it, it, some of that carries over. And again, at this point, I don't know though, but like, that's great. Like, that's the sort of stuff you want as Star Wars. You want to be able to feel, like, smell and touch the universe. And this book does a great job at that. So, getting back to some of our characters, like I said previously, our protagonist is V. Marathi. She was the B plot protagonist of the Phasma book. And this book is essentially a sequel to that book, in that at the end of Phasma, uh, or. Okay, the events of Phasma, the parts that don't really involve Phasma, V. Marathi is on a planet called Parnassus, if, I be- if I'm correct, and she has a bunch of information on Captain Phasma that she's collecting for the Resistance while she's flying back to the Resistance. The First Order captures her, Captain Cardinal, a First Order captain, captures her, interrogates her. And try to learn out like what's the story behind Phasma because he feels that Phasma is very opportunistic. And basically, throughout the entire book, that's how we learn Phasma's backstory. And at the end of the book, Cardinal confronts Phasma, yet she overpowers him and like, like kind of paralyzes him. The book ends with V escaping her her torture while Cardinal is like dying. She like takes him and escapes in a ship back to the resistance. And that was one of the really best parts of that Phasma book because it was like, oh, these characters are fun. Like, like the Phasma story in that's really dry and it's kind of, I don't want to say pointless, but it really doesn't give you anything that you'd expect from a Phasma backstory. And I'm like, oh, so when I heard that V. Marathi was part of Galaxy's Edge, the theme park, and then part of the book, I got even more excited because she really is. She's a fun character. And in this, she is. She's just as fun as she was in Phasma, except she's put a little bit more of like, Oh lord, what would you describe it as? More story weight is put on her shoulders because there's no B-plot in this. That's one thing I should say. There's no B-plot to Black Spire. It is solely V. Marathi trying to build a resistance base on Bot 2. There's really no other like side stories here. And uh, Cardinal is assigned to, to help her because of General Organa. 
except now he's no longer called Cardinal, he's called Archax. And his entire arc over the book, and Cardinal was one of the best parts of Phasma, is that he's kind of learning how to be deprogrammed from his like indoctrination of the First Order. And that's another aspect of this book that's really nifty, is that it gives us some clues and insights in how to first into how the First Order operates and how it's much more cult-like than the Empire. Like people join the or stormtroopers and different like personnel of the empire joined because it was just like, okay the empire is going to conquer everything and it's order and stability in the galaxy and why not like we had the old republic the old republic transitioned into the galactic empire why wouldn't i want to work for them where the first order is much more cult-like like i was saying and at one point in the book they actually i think uh, archax cardinal tells vi that the first order puts amphetamines into the water and does something to the first order troops, like feeds them things that like, Oh good Lord. It's what the Nazis did back during uh world war two, but like feeds them foods that sits there, makes them like really like psychotic and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's so nifty. I love that. I love that the bad guys are kind of like, like drug induced, like, Oh God, minions. That's so, that's so much, that's so different. And it's unfortunate. Like we don't even get a hint of that in any of the movies or TV shows. Uh, wouldn't it be great in star Wars resistance? We had a scene with the stormtroopers like chugging like amphetamine water. Oh, good Lord. I couldn't imagine the amount of daytime Emmys that would win. So like that sort of stuff is neat. I, I really dug that. Like that's the sort of stuff that I kind of like you flesh out the first order resistance conflict, uh, Leia is in this here and there. She's only in it very briefly. And everything that she's mentioned in, it's like, oh, the Resistance doesn't have like a single like ship part piece of metal to spare. They really are kind of just like scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to like collect their resources, which just hammers in the point that like after the Last Jedi, they had nothing. But no, the book the book is neat. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think it's a must read. Uh, it's a book that if you if you're intrigued by any of the Galaxy's Edge stuff at the theme parks and you want more backstory and just a kind of like a fun Star Wars romp, I'd pick it up. But I do not think if you you're not missing out by reading by not reading this. There's really nothing here where I'd be like, oh God, how do you how do you go into blank Star Wars thing and have not read Black Spy? You're gonna be completely lost. No. Uh, you don't really need that with this book, but getting to the, the more, the theme parky like aspect of all this, I remember when like they first started like saying that the protagonist of galaxy's edge was going to be V Marathi. And I'm like, where did I hear that name before? And again, we're talking about like a year plus now ago. And I'm like, Oh yeah, she is the phasma person. And I was like, okay, that's an odd choice to make the focal point of Galaxy's Edge over like a Luke Skywalker, a Darth Vader, heck, even Rey, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Leia. And as I was reading this, I'm like, oh, like I could see why they're trying to make V Marathi into a like big time character. And I'm like, okay, she makes sense. And then, like I said earlier, like in my research for this episode, I read that apparently the V Marathi character is only brought out into Galaxy's Edge on, like, special occasions. She's not always roaming around. And I'm like, oh, man, what a waste. I'm like, this is a Black Spire in the Batu base is, like, her baby. Why wouldn't she be here all the time? Forget Hondo. Again, I don't get why they're so enamored with Hondo. Like, v, v is a much more interesting character than Hondo on this, like, generic pirate number three. 
And you could very easily hire different actresses that could really have a lot of fun with this character, like interacting with guests. Like I think I've seen it numerous times now. I imagine you have too, where it's like a little girl in Galaxy's Edge and she puts her hand out and like all the first order characters like walk away from her. And you get like all these morons on social media like little girl takes down the first order with just the palm of her hand. And I'm like, oh God, this is so cringe inducing. It's like this, this doesn't make anybody want to buy a ticket, folks. It's like it doesn't. If, if you weren't ready a client to spend ten thousand dollars on a Galaxy's Edge like experience, never mind that like like hotel thing you're doing, which costs like I think three that three thousand dollars a night. Uh, it's like no. But if you are going to do something, I, okay. Going back to my one of my own personal Star Wars Disney favorite experiences was that back in the summer of two thousand three, I won four tickets to go to Star Wars weekends. Back when they still did that And part of that, like again, I got to be part of the uh, Jedi training program We got to fight Darth Vader And that was really cool, there's, there's pictures of that somewhere But the part I remember the most Was they had like a meet and greet With Boba Fett, a Gamorrean guard And somebody in a Greedo costume And I can still remember to this day I had my friend Justin with me um, Not the Zenger kind And The cast member that was their handler Made some comment about my friend Justin Saying hey guys this guy thinks he can beat you up And Boba Fett and Greedo chased him Like down one of the alleyways Of uh well Back then it was a Star Tours area And I think that's what it still is now But it was one of those like memories that truly was indelible As a kid never mind At 27 years old And even though again the little girl holding out Her palm to the, to the stormtroopers Is cute and all though but wouldn't it be Just as fun to have some have a cast Member as V. Marathi going around recruiting people for the resistance. And I know they are doing that through just like random cast members being part of like the resistance. But you need that, like if you if Disney is trying to make a a brand new character out of V. Marathi, I'm like, why aren't they putting any effort into it? If you aren't gonna use like the iconic Star Wars characters in Galaxy's Edge because of Poor decision making or because We want to promote new era of Star Wars why not then make V The true focus of it all And not to say that it has to be V land I'm not Saying that but really put some Put weight on her in that sense If she could be the protagonist of her own book And you already have a cast member wearing the Jacket in, in blue wig At certain specialty moments at the park Why not just make her a permanent fixture And that's a great way to get kids hooked on The books get them hooked on different aspects Of of the ancillary media that, that they might already that they might not have already been inclined to, to be involved with. And it's just, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I know there's a ton of just conjecture and just narrative around Galaxy's Edge being a failure. And I don't think it's a failure. I don't think Disney theme parks and the word failure are even in the same dictionary. But there's just so many wasted opportunities here. And uh, as I was reading this book, though, I, I kept thinking to myself, wouldn't it be fun to like memorize some of the key, like, I don't want to say themes, but some of the key aspects of this book and then go into like the bar at August Cantina. And I don't want to say hassle the bar owner or the, the, the bartender, but it's like there's so much mythology for Black Spire and Galaxy's Edge in this book. That I feel, even though it's there, like in the corners of Galaxy's Edge, because I think somewhere in the book they mention that there's a, um, like a radio host whose name with his letters rearranged spells out Pablo Hidalgo, and you can hear him all throughout the land. And I know at Galaxy's Edge, 
Pablo's voice comes over the intercom system. But there's so many details like that in this book that just get into the nitty gritty of Galaxy's Edge and Black Spire Outpost that I feel that obviously are wasted on the normies there that are just there to take Instagram pictures. But at the same time, though, I think I just like nobody knows it. It's such a dense mythology that's over 99.999% of the people that are there. And it's not just the guests. I think it's also the cast members and the people operating it. And uh, maybe I haven't figured out what my overall complaint with that is, but it just feels like it's, it's such a fertile ground. And considering how I felt about this like six months ago, it kind of sold me on Galaxy's Edge in the sense of like, okay, if I'm in Orlando, why not? And that's kind of the shame of this is that there's this weird thing and I'll delve into it sometime in the future where I think Disney is building these theme park things, not for the, not for like the specific lovers of that IP intellectual property, but just because they know the mindless droves just go to Disney world, the theme parks, regardless, it's just more and more just kind of like content for the sake of content. It's filler. It's very similar to how I describe like Avengers Endgame just being like a big Mac. It's not there to sit there, be a memorable movie. It's just, there's just product for you to consume. And I can't feel, I can't help but feel that's kind of how Disney is treating galaxy's edge in that it's just content to be consumed, not anything special. Whereas, again, think of all the people, I would imagine I'm not the only one, that when you went to see Star Tours in Orlando, you took a picture of the giant AT-AT facade. Like, that was such a, a cool moment because you've never seen anything like that before. But then when you go to Galaxy's Edge and you look around, there's just so much stuff there, and really none of it sticks out. It's just, it all kind of is just there. It's just part of the menagerie. It, nothing there is highlighted. It's just there to be consumed in one big bite not to be savored on individual levels and yes you can savor it on individual levels if you parse through all the other nonsense that's present but it's it, i don't know this this book feels like galaxy's edge deserves better than how disney's treating it um but that rant aside black spire at the end of the day uh read it if you want you, it's not obligatory it's a fun little romp It'll definitely make you appreciate the First Order resistance conflict a lot more. That's definitely how I felt about it. And you get some fun little nuggets of information about the First Order. One thing I should point out how the book ends. The book kind of has the book has an ending. And it has that thing without getting into like anything too spoilery. Because something big does happen at the end. In the context of the story, not big within like the overall Star Wars universe. Where it's the thing that I hate, like that happens now with just media in general where something the story doesn't have stakes unless a character dies and i never agree with that i hate that when a story devolves into like oh we have to start killing characters in order for it to feel like it has some sort of like weight to it and i just never agree with that if you read the book you'll know exactly what i'm talking about but i definitely don't agree with one particular character dying because there's so much there was so much more to that character they could have done and it would have been a great character to feature in galaxy's edge and I don't know why you couldn't feature that character. Well, I guess you kind of, yeah, I guess that character couldn't be in Galaxy's Edge. Um, but I think if that character survived, he'd be a really, really fun aspect of it if he, if he could have interacted with V some more. And that's kind of one of my other big complaints. Like, okay. All right, spoiler alert, because now, now I really want to talk about it. Um, at the end of the book, Cardinal Archex dies. And Cardinal, back two years ago, was somebody everybody was getting excited about because 
in like one of the promo editions of the Phasma novel, they included like an illustration of him wearing his like crimson first order armor with like a black cape with like a silver like tinge to it. And he was a really cool, nifty looking character. And in this, again, like like I've said, he's he's a de- he's defected from the first order. He didn't he hasn't really joined the resistance. But by the end of the book, he finds first order armor and he paints it red. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be great? Like you have all these white first order stormtroopers. Then you have V Marathi in her orange starbird like coat jacket with a crimson stormtrooper going around foiling the first order wouldn't that be such a cool visual to see at galaxy's edge and it's like nope he's dead and i'm like god damn it book i'm like god damn it disney don't you understand when you have great things and again wasted opportunity but uh whatever at least the uh, cardinal will always live on as a cool promo poster and i think the barnes and noble exclusive edition of the book the, the ending of the book, that's one last thing I want to touch upon before I wrap it up here, is that the book kind of ends on, on oh god, it, it practically ends with the phrase, like, come visit Galaxy's Edge, Orlando and Anaheim, to find out what happens next. Because the book ends with, like, Leia or somebody being like, oh, we have uh, an urgent communique from the Resistance. It's like, V, something's happening. Uh, Kylo Ren is coming to Bot 2. We don't know why. <laughs> And it's like, what would Kylo Ren want on Bot 2? Because throughout the entire book, all they do is tell us that, like, oh, there's nothing on Bot 2. Why would anybody have to go to Bot 2? A very similar rhetoric, like, there is about Jakku. And it's like, oh, Kylo Ren's coming here. What are we going to do? End of book. And I get that. I, the cliffhanger, it's not even a cliffhanger. It's kind of like that ending. It's like the ending, that, in that sense, doesn't bother me. It's just the whole idea is, like, oh, Kylo Ren's only coming there because they want an identifiable character for, for the idiots in the park to recognize. Like, there's really, really no narrative reason for him to be there. But it's like, I guess, again, you have to tie it. Again, that's one thing, too, that kind of drives me nuts about Disney is that everything has to connect to each other, even if it doesn't benefit anything. It's almost interconnectivity for the sake of interconnectivity. And I don't get it. Just to have things connect for no other reason than saying that you could re- you were able to do it just doesn't do anything for me. It might make some people happy, but it doesn't me. Um, but one thing else I want to point out, and this is kind of like a small tidbit of information that I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure it'll play a part in some other piece of Star Wars media. I don't think it'll have any sort of like relevance to um, the Rise of Skywalker or anything major. Is that it's mentioned that there's a green. Oh god, I'm not even sure what it is. It's Green Squadron or somebody has infiltrated a First Order Star Destroyer. And for some reason, it's really highlighted that the Resistance was able to capture, or I'm not even sure capture, they say infiltrated, a First Order Star Destroyer. And it's just, it's poignant just enough in in the the chapter it's in, it makes you wonder, is this going to show up again in a comic book, another book, a TV show, Star Wars Resistance I don't know but it was something that felt a little too Highlighted to be ignored Take note of that maybe important later on And then I guess at the very end of the book The person that tells V that like Kylo Ren is coming is of Green Squadron Which would lead one to believe That after the events of The Last Jedi That by the event By the time we get to the Rise of Skywalker Which takes place after Black Spire Is that the Resistance has A fleet or a squadron Of ships called Green Squadron so there definitely will be some fighter ships in this, whether they're X-Wings, A-Wings, B-Wings, Y-Wings, is anyone's guess. It's not disclosed. 
But hey, the Resistance at least has Green Squadron going into the Rise of Skywalker. So yeah, folks, Black Spire, it's a neat little book. Um, if you like some, again, if you like a little fun Star Wars romp, they'll definitely help your perception and give you a better grasp on Galaxy's Edge. Definitely check it out. You won't be disappointed. But for those of you who are kind of like collectively shrugging about Galaxy's Edge, you know, we want a Star Wars book that really ties into the overall meat of the saga. This ain't the book you're looking for. And it's definitely better than Phasma. I'll give it that. It is a much more interesting and much more of a page turner than Phasma. So uh, check it out if you're so inclined. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you. Find us on Instagram at KOV Podcast. Send us an email, kovpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodies, and come hear me on the Cinemodies podcast. We'll be talking about Lord knows what, because I have no idea when this episode will be coming out. So if you like cinematic oddities, whether it be sketch comedy, The Terminator, Music movies, pure cinemodies Or even things like Avengers We've got a little bit of something for everybody And you can also find Zenger on the Zenglist podcast Where you can hear him on a weekly diatribe About something nerdy and geeky And with that being said folks Good night, but not goodbye And as always Remember Alderaan And down with the Empire <laughs>